It's time for the Ron and Brian podcast. Get ready to fill your ears with the latest news, politics, current events, and whatever else we feel like talking about this week. And now, your hosts, Ron and Brian. And good evening, everybody. It is Sunday night. It is 8 o'clock. It is time for episode 227 of the Ron and Brian podcast. I am joined by Brian, also known as... The most devious bastard in New York State. Brian, how goes it tonight, sir? Well, it was going fine until you just insulted me like that. That was Matt's uh, sound effect, so you may need to have a conversation with him. I believe it's the cocaine. I mean, clearly (laughs) the cocaine is getting to Matt. His voracious appetite for more and more illicit substances is is clearly affecting his judgment. And I believe it's, it's hurting the overall quality of the show that you and I work so hard week in and week out to do. Ron, if I may ask you, yes. yes. How are you doing? I am I'm all right. I'm hanging in there. It's a beautiful fall weekend here uh, in the Northeast, uh, ready for uh, another work week, but more importantly, ready uh, to put out an amazing hour of podcasting entertainment uh, with you, my love, my friend. Should we you get are things? my foundation. You are my foundation. Speaking before we go there, okay. um, are you are you ready for the MLB playoff season? Oh, I am ready, my friend. Uh, Yankees, Guardians, uh, starting tomorrow night. Is it? I don't. I, the last I saw, they had not announced it. I'm going to look it up right now because I my plans for tomorrow. Excuse me, my plans Tuesday night are radically changed depending on. It is still TBD. Well, at least we know it's not. The 1 o'clock game is the Phillies and the Braves. Correct. So at least we know it's not going to be the early game. But who knows? Um, I would hate to see the the Yankees not playing in prime time, giving me an opportunity to um, go celebrate. Speaking of which, Padres jumped to a 2-0 lead. Over the Mets at the end of three. Wah, wah. Yeah, you gotta think. Uh, you gotta think the Dodgers are gonna get the late game on Tuesday, being out on the West Coast. Um, so we'll They'll see. Get, like the ten o'clock game. Yeah. So I mean, I, I think you know Astros Mariners not as sexy a matchup as Yankees no. Guardians. My personal well, you opinion. Know, you know what is sexy? <laughs> what is sexy, Brian? Drink of the week. Oh, it most certainly is. Drink of the week. <laughs> Drink of the week, drink of the week, drink of the week, drink of the week. Brian, what are you drinking this week? Ron, this week I go all the way to the great state of Montana. Not normally known for its um, its breweries, its beer, but uh, the good people over at Lagunitas oh, yes. putting out a an ale called A Little Something. A Little Something. Normally, I don't go for the IPAs, but I love a good Montanian beer. Let's go with that. Montanian. Anywho, let's take a look at this. You're looking at a smooth and silky IPA. A certain thing that they call a weedy esque ishness, a little something, something, truly a unique style. 
coming in with 50% wheat, 50% barley, 100% delicious hoppiness, hints of bubblegum, pineapple, light cedar and pine, tons of tropical fruitiness with none of the fruit. That just sounds like most breakfast cereals. With a 7.5 ABV, an IBU of only 52, Lagunitas, a little something, something, my drink of the week. I mean, it is good. The description of it, I, I don't know that I've ever tasted bubblegum in the Lagunitas, uh, little something, something. Do you? Uh, there's there's something sweet in there. Okay. Oh, I um, thought it was you, Brian. Oh, this is a damn good beer. All right. As long as you enjoy it. That's this what matters. This is a damn good beer. All right. Yes. Good. Ron? Yes, sir. What have you brought to drink tonight? Uh, as you know, um, basic white boy fall continues bringing another pumpkin beer. Uh, I actually did the cold brew version of this a few weeks back. I don't think I've done this version on the main podcast, but of course it's our good friends at Southern Tier. It is their pumpkin, pumpkin ale uh, that they put in nitro and put it in cans this year. Uh, the cold brew was fantastic, so I'm assuming this will be as good. Uh, brewed again in Lakewood, New York, Southern Tier, clocking in at a solid 8.6%. Look at oh my the creamy head on that. Doesn't that just look inviting and delicious, Brian? Absolutely. Take a deep sip. What I love is that you've told me what nitro means probably a dozen times <sighs> Ooh, in the past so four good. years. Yeah. Still to this day, I do not know what pumpkin nitro uh means and don't explain it anymore i'm not gonna remember no I but won't. tell me a little bit about pumpkin pumpkin nitro so i mean the the pumpkin is a classic uh imperial pumpkin ale uh it's got the uh the spices the clove uh delicious flavor and then you add the creamy texture you get from the nitro and it's just a solid uh fall beer that's all i can say now I have a question. At what point are you going to start wearing um, riding uh, boots with um, tight blue jeans tucked inside of it while wearing a white turtleneck with a tan leather jacket over it, maybe a scarf and a big well, hat? I, 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 well, actually, uh, I would wear a beanie with that. So I'm just waiting for the wool knit beanie to come uh, from the village in Indonesia that I've ordered it from. Understood. Uh, understood. And once I complete the outfit, uh, then maybe I debut it right here on the podcast. Smart, smart. Have you started to grow the very thin porn stash that you'll be spinning on this uh you can see uh you know i didn't shave today so i'm kind of uh i've kind of let letting it grow in and then i could just design it uh as needed ron i have a question for you yeah um do you normally shave on the weekends or do you take the weekends off i you know i rarely shave unless i'm leaving the house at this point you know if i don't have like a a zoom call like i'll i'll shave mm -hmm. maybe two or three times during the week but not on the weekends never on the weekends how many days a week are you going to work no, I'm, Meaning, like, how many, that I'm physically how going you, somewhere. How, yeah, how many days are you leaving the house to go to work? Two, two to three times a week. A lot of times yeah. I am doing stuff uh, virtually because it's just it's easier to with the way my hotels are spread out. It's just easier to do things virtually rather than killing time driving between hotel to hotel to hotel. So what you're saying is it's a lot easier for your spirit to be disappointed by your underlings. Um, over video conference rather than face-to-face. -face. I'm never disappointed, Brian. All okay. right. All right. Let's move on. It's time for Beef of the Week. 
Conan Bryan's Beef of the Week. So, Brian, what's bothering you this week? First off, I just finished off a bottle of Gentleman Jack. Look at that. Empty. Wow. Just empty. Nothing in here. That's my beef of the week. Just kidding, people. Ron, have you ever had, uh, you know, a week where, you know, you spent all Sunday trying to think about what was was really bothering you? What was worthy of, of sharing with the world a grievance? And you struggled all Sunday long because you had a pretty good week. Um you know, your you know, work went well. Right. Um, your relationship's going well. Good. Um, your social life, you did a bunch of good things, all well. And you just couldn't come up with a beef of the week. And then as you're preparing for the podcast, you put your television on just for some background noise. Right. And you, you land on your beef of the week. Oh, well, I mean, I haven't had that happen, uh, but it sounds like that's what happened to you, sir. All right. I put on 60 Minutes not that long ago, okay. and they had a segment on Sanibel Island in Florida. Yes. Uh, they were talking to some of the residents who had their homes completely wiped out. And were um, the number of times I heard the phrase, can you believe this? Something like this could never happen here. I'm shocked by different people, various you know variations and whatnot. Right. Um, and I, I, I found myself screaming at the TV, you move to Florida. Florida is a magnet for hurricanes. It is surrounded by some of the hottest water in America. The jet, the, 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 the jet stream, Gulf Stream, jet stream, jet stream, coming off the African coast. Okay. Is it, I have no is idea. Is it the jet stream or the Gulf Stream? I think it's the Gulf Stream. I think the jet stream is for when you're flying in a plane, isn't it? I mean, again, you're talking to two very uneducated people here. So it's... it's a... That's not true. We both have college degrees. <laughs> we're each, we're, we're each rocking, a, rocking a, a four-year bachelor's, um, albeit yours was in English. So that's... Mm. Um, was yours a four-year it, degree? I, I earned a bachelor's, if that's what you're implying. I have a bachelor's degree. No, the question I mean, I was more I, the length of time. Was it a four-year degree or was it a four-plus? Is there an asterisk there? Ron, time is a human construct. <laughs> what does it actually mean? Sorry. What does, what does time mean? Um, so my beef of the week, yes. So it was, it, was the, it was the story that 60 Minutes was pumping, um, talking to people who had their homes just – Absolutely devastated, completely wiped out, block after block of Fort Myers, Sanibel Island, just devastated homes, nearly wiped out. Um, and the story was basically, um, first off, feel bad for these people. Um, let's tag along, have them tell us, you know, what it was like growing up here and raising their children, blah, blah, blah. And then they start talking to a, um, uh, you know, an insurance uh, executive from Florida who says that most of these homes are not going to be covered from the damage because um, it is almost uh, 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 fine. It is almost financially unfeasible to maintain flood insurance in Florida. You know, a lot of these people are getting wind insurance, but they're right. not getting flood insurance. So what the story was to how the insurance companies are all going to be um, attacking this from a you um, suffered flood damage and therefore you're not covered. Go fuck yourself. Right. Um, and it was just the, it was just, you know, these stories of how um, uh, now it's prohibitively expensive to um, 
to have uh, flood insurance. And these people are still these victims are still uh, complaining about how shocking this is. And I, I just did a quick search. Um, Hurricane Andrew, 1992, Florida, $25 billion in damage. 2004, Hurricane Charlie, $6.8 billion. 2005, a year later, Hurricane William, excuse me, $20.6 billion. Then in 2017, Hurricane Irma, $50 billion of damage. These are all just Florida numbers. Right. Michael, uh, Hurricane Michael in 2018, $25 billion. I know that, you know, then we hit the pandemic and the hurricanes took a little break, um, but we're back. The pandemic is over. The hurricanes are coming back, raring to go. If you're living in Florida, I don't care where in Florida you're living, you are a target for hurricanes. Um, do not act surprised when um, when they come at you. All right. Fair enough. I mean, you, you raise a valid point. If, uh, if you're living on the shore, um, you got to deal with the issues that come along with that. Ron? Yes. What's bothering you? Um, this week, you know, we're, we're getting into uh, that home stretch leading up to uh, to Election Day uh, in just a few weeks uh, to the point that uh, you're just completely inundated with political ads, whether on the TV, the radio, billboards, whatever. And it's just annoying as hell in general. But I think I saw one of the 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 dumber uh, billboards, and it was uh, one of the bigger races in Pennsylvania is uh, John okay. Fetterman versus uh, Dr. Oz for the <laughs> Senate seat. Um, I think many people have already conceded the, the governor's race, like Doug Mastriano is just too uh, much of a liability, so they're not really even trying to help him at this point. But I think people are still holding out hope for the Senate. And so I was driving uh, in central PA, Pennsylvania, as we affectionately refer to it, and it was an ad, it was a billboard against John Fetterman. It said, John Fetterman is too soft on crime. And it was a picture of John Fetterman, and it also had a picture of Bernie Sanders. And I'm thinking to myself, well, Bernie's not a senator in, uh, in, in Pennsylvania. I'm like, he's not a running mate. Uh, but I guess they're just trying to they're 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 not, they're not even trying. They're just trying to say, hey, here's a picture of Bernie Sanders next to John Fetterman. So if you hate Bernie Sanders, you should hate John Fetterman. Yes. And the crazy thing is, like, if you when you see it's going these, to work, there, it's going well, to work. There's definitely a percentage, percentage of the population. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's but what's also crazy is, you know, the 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 attack as towards John Fetterman are things like. John Fetterman wants to decriminalize drugs so people don't spend their entire lives in jail if they have an addiction. Um, John Fetterman is a, a fan of parole and not letting people die in prison and spend the rest of their lives in jail. John Fetterman doesn't want overcrowding in prisons. Like, these are supposed to be bad things. To, but you have to understand that the people that Dr. Oz is trying to ensure show up to the to to the ballots to vote. Oh, I get it. The people who sit there and say that marijuana is a gateway drug. And if you let people use marijuana and get away with it, they're going to be doing crack and heroin and going out into the suburbs and committing um, carjackings. Right. Um, The people that Dr. Oz wants you to go that wants to go out and vote for him are the people who are going to sit there and say, no, we want lots of people in prisons. We want to create a society where we basically just lock everybody up and throw away the key. Meanwhile, and there's going to be some type of utopia 
you know, uh, uh, roaming around for the rest of us. Meanwhile, uh, Dr. Oz was doing a, uh, a fundraiser out, I want to say out west somewhere the other night. And uh, did you see I what I thought it was St. Louis. I thought it was St. Louis. Was it St. Louis? It could be. I, I thought I saw it was St. Louis with the uh, World War II Museum. It, well, possibly. That would make more sense as to why the background of where Dr. Oz was presenting had Hitler's car. Sure. And I feel like out of all the places you can present yourself... Maybe next to Hitler's car, not the best optics. Ron, I just saw Matt uh, uh, Beaker paying attention, doing the uh, the research here. Um, he must have put the crack pipe down. Um, it was at the Leon Air Museum in Southern California. You were correct. That's what I was going to say. I thought I thought it was West Coast. So. But this is what, again, I understand what you're saying. They're, they, are, they are playing to the lowest common denominator. They are, um, you know, they're, they're trying to, to scare people into voting for Dr. Oz. But this is what is amazing to me, is you get the right, which hangs, prides themselves on how religious they are and how they're great Catholics and whatnot. But isn't Christians, part of Christians. Is, isn't part of excuse me, most being Christian. Not even they're not even sitting there pretending that the Catholics are good Christians. But isn't it part of of your religion to believe in redemption for people? So no, you, no, is not, that gone? Not, is that out not, now? Not no 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 no. Redemption is only for the people that you know and yourself. So when well, and that's Herschel what that's Walker, what aggravates me. So when Herschel Walker is patting himself on the back for being just a you know, good God fearing man. Um, and then it comes out that a woman steps forward and says, mm, you uh, you pushed me to get an abortion years ago. And I have uh, cards that you mailed me um, thanking me for getting the abortion. I have the check <laughs> you gave me for that um, covered the cost of the abortion. First off, eight hundred dollars. He sent her a check for eight hundred dollars. Like I'm assuming some of that was for some flowers for her to pick up. Because that's an ex- I don't know I I don't know what state she had her abortion in, but that's pretty expensive. Maybe it was a two for one deal um, where he was getting her like her next one also included. Um, but he literally sat there and was just like, I don't remember doing that. That's not something I would do. But if I did do it, I don't remember it. <laughs> if I did do it, you may have a check with my signature on it and my bank account. But clearly, it was the devil. There's just absolutely like the redemption is for me. The for me, well, and that was going to be my point. For it's those like, I care about, it's just it's not for the others, right? The and that's, others and that's what's to be amazing. To I me. should get away with it. Yes, like for a perfect example. It was that uh, Rush Limbaugh horseshit. When Rush Limbaugh stepped forward, he was starting to get into problems. Then he stood up and said, "Oh, I have an opioid problem. You know, uh, I'm, uh, I, I need to go to rehab." Meanwhile. This is a man who spent his entire career literally attacking um, a, a small time uh, uh, marijuana users that these people were ruining society. And absolutely nobody held him accountable towards his um, drug addiction. In fact, um, he had uh, 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 the orange man uh, give him the Presidential Medal of Honor. True. Because no, he somehow this, deserved it. And this is what's amazing me is like you're going to be upset that, you know, you've got a candidate that worked to help rehabilitate people in prison and get them out and hopefully start a productive life in society. And they're going to be upset about that. But then when they get caught committing a crime, when they get caught paying for an abortion, when they get caught at the Capitol on January 6th, well, then they want they want they want, you know, forgiveness at that point. That's how you know that the the right 
right now is is just completely full of bullshit because they want to enact these draconian laws, but only so that they can enforce them on others. They do not believe that these laws should be held, um, that these standards of behavior should be applied to them. They are pushing these laws so that the others can um, uh, be forced to um, uh, to obey them. Um, well, you know, you know what isn't uh, what isn't bullshit, Brian. What our locks of the week. Locks. Brian, uh, kudos, uh, as always, to you. Um, looking back at last week, um, you, uh, oh, wait, wait, one too many weeks. You had San Francisco minus three and a half versus Carolina. Wasn't even that close. San Fran wins 37 to 15. And again, you rode the Jets train for yet another week. Jets were plus Five and a half versus Miami. You said, do not count out this scrappy New York Jets team. Jets wing big, 40 to 17, uh, keeping you perfect, 10 and 0 on the season. How the hell do you do it? I, I, I'll tell you exactly how I do it, Ron. I am being held to a standard. And that standard is I have to figure out a way to beat you this season. Um, we made a wager, uh, one testicle. Um, to be extracted by a medical professional and delivered to the winner of our uh, Locks of the Week contest this year. I do not want to lose the testicle. No. So therefore, no, I, I feel I need just to to at least, uh, you know, stay, stay, stay at the same pace as you. You continue to just barrel through another week of 2-0. Um, Eagles laying four at the Cardinals this week. You saw that line and you said, listen, Eagles are going to be 6-0. But they're not covering four. You threaded the needle. Eagles win twenty to seventeen, only winning by three, not covering the the, the four point line. You also said Bills minus thirteen versus the Steelers. You watched the Steelers play two weeks ago. You're from Pennsylvania. You know exactly what Pennsylvania football is all about. What do the Bills do? They win thirty eight to three again. Ron two and 0, 10 and zero for the season. Uh, um, how does it feel to know? that uh, you're probably going to end this season with two testicles intact in place. Listen, any day that you can end with the same number of testicles that you started the day is a good one. And I think that's really been our motto since college. I absolutely agree with you on that. That makes right? sense to me. Yes. Who are your picks for this week? Oh, this week. I've got the Browns minus three over the Patriots. I think uh, the Belichick magic is starting to uh, glisten away. I also saw Packers lost today against the Giants. Yep. Jets win big. I think that le- by next week, um, Packers laying seven and a half over Jets. All will be righted again. Um, Aaron Rodgers will steam through the New Jersey Jets uh, defense and uh, le- definitely lay those points. All right. Uh, Ron, next week, yes. What are your picks? I like. Chicago as a home dog against the Washington Commandos. Uh, Chicago plus one. Take Chicago plus the points. And then San Francisco uh, steamrolled over Carolina today. They're going to Atlanta next week. They're favored by six and a half. I like San Francisco minus those six and a half points. Not bad, Ron. Um, 
How are you? Are you what are your? Uh, you know, we we're we're five weeks down. Right. What are your thoughts about the football season so far this year? Um, I mean, it, it's been a uh, it's been a surprising season, um, especially with the with the uh, NFC East looking like it could potentially be the toughest division in football this year. You've got uh, you've got the undefeated Eagles going to five and zero today. You've got the Cowboys beating the Rams to go to four and one. I believe the Giants are four and one or three and two, one or the other. Um, the only bad team is the uh, the Commanders. So. Um, they, they look very dominant. Uh, Chiefs uh, have looked weak. Defending champion Rams looked weak. So it's been, yeah, it's been an interesting season so far, kind of up and down. What's, what's your take on the season so far? Couldn't care less. All I'm about is the final <laughs> score of these games. Do I win? Do I lose? That's all that matters. Fair enough, Brian. Um, so you were talking about um, the hurricane. The Jews. <laughs> no, were... I was talking about the Jews. Kanye West. Um, Ron, what's going on with Kanye West and Twitter and the Jews? Um, well, apparently Kanye went back on Twitter. Um, I didn't even know he was banned before, though. I guess what was it? He was bullying Pete Davidson. Was that the issue? I, and, uh, I, well, I think it was. Kardashian? Yeah, I think it was some of his commentary um, against Pete Davidson and primarily Kim Kardashian um, and uh and it was a, it was a little bit threatening. Um, so he uh, he he, he gets, got banned. He gets banned. Um, he gets back onto Twitter yesterday. Elon Musk, who's uh, apparently trying to now go through with the deal to purchase Twitter, welcomes welcomes well, welcomes him back. Um, and then uh, he he makes a uh, Kanye makes a tweet. Um, saying that he was going to attack Jewish people, uh, but it's okay because black people no, no. are Jewish. Is that he, he? He tweeted that he's about to go DefCon, oh. not DefCon. He was going to go DefCon three on Jewish right. people, and um, that uh, you know uh, he's not going to follow their agenda anymore. And don't anybody call him anti-Semitic because uh, blacks are Jews. Which I'm Rod Carew say, was, to be fair. Rod Carew, Sammy Davis Jr., uh, both were black men that were Jewish. I feel like there's one more that we're forgetting. Probably. Lenny Kravitz. Um, uh, uh, Harvey uh, Rosenthal. Yes. He worked in the Diamond District in the 50s. <laughs> um, big Afro. Just gigantic Afro. Um, I, I, I think we've read... Oh, and also earlier in the week... Um, Kanye West was at a Paris Fashion Week event, I believe. Someone mm -hmm. please look that up. Yafet Koto, um, another uh, famous uh, uh, black uh, Jew. And don't forget um, also Herschel Walker. <laughs> okay. Um, I'll, uh, just joking. Um, but uh, And he wore a White Lives Matter T-shirt. He was with Candace so, Owens, too, uh, who she was also wearing a White Lives Matter T-shirt. Who's Candace Owens? Uh, she's uh, what's she her deal? Is, I mean, she's basically one of these right wing pundits. You know, she is. Um, I, I don't know. Oh, so I, she's she's taking the hey, look at me. I'm black, but I actually but I'm also a conservative. Right. Exactly. That's her, her shtick. I think it's time we all stop um, paying attention to Kanye West. <laughs> you think now is? I think a while back might have been the time, but uh, now it definitely. 
Um, apparently, uh, he, he, he revealed that uh, Sean Combs uh, controlled by the Jews. Oh, they do. They do have a uh, healthy sway over the uh, entertainment industry. Well, you, you took me away from my favorite story of the week because you had talked about the hurricane down in Florida. And apparently there is now drama going on between the wives of the linemen, uh, the electric company linemen that went down to Florida to help restore yes. power and so-called bucket bunnies. Yep. Um, Brian, you have been deep embedded in this yep. TikTok drama, you are a bucket bunny embed. Uh, please explain to me what the hell is going on with this story. Okay, so this is the story. This is what we're talking about. The wives of the line workers, the bucket bunnies. Earlier this week on, um, it started on TikTok, flew over to Instagram. I have not heard any instances of this war bleeding into Facebook. Probably it's on Twitter, but who knows? But more so TikTok. This is the then. deal. This is the deal. Okay. It is um, well known that after nat uh, uh, natural disasters, that there are first responders that run into um, affected areas, uh, especially when the power is out, when uh, you know there are homes that have no electricity, or thousands of homes and cities that have no electricity, that the electrical workers, or they like to call them line workers, um, are uh, they, they they drive down to the protected areas, um, to the affected areas right outside the path of the uh, hurricane so that they can rush in as soon as the um, storm passes so that they can immediately start putting those electrical lines up right. and can start restoring these homes with power. Now, one of the things about this line of work not sure you're aware of this. It's predominantly male. Yes, that I was aware and of. You're talking about um, these are, you know, days of work, weeks of work, sometimes months of work that these guys are going to be out there putting up um, electrical lines. They're not going to be back home with their families. So what happens to some men when they're away from their families for weeks or months at a time? They well, tend to stray a little bit, Brian. According according to social media, one of the things that they do is they start downloading dating apps mm. to meet local women. And sometimes local women, especially those who have no power but are eager to have their power restored, are going to seek out some of those linemen to try and get them to entice them to uh, somehow uh, uh, start uh, bringing back electricity to that street. To the, so that these women have electricity in their homes. These women are known as bucket bunnies. So earlier this week, um, a, uh, I believe it started on TikTok. It started spreading. But a woman um, uh, uh, started a video that's basically said, um, uh, women, if you're in Florida, now is the time to download these apps because there are a lot of um, men that are looking for dates in the area and they're blue collar men and if you're if you're into a blue collar man like i am now's the time to start dating in florida so immediately um this video starts to spread now i'm guessing it did because um it probably she probably was right there probably were a lot of men on these dating apps and whatnot <laughs> so then suddenly um as the video spread it was obviously viewed by 
the wives of some of these electrical workers. I don't know what hashtags were being used. I don't know. I never look at hashtags on any post anymore. It's how something lands on my algorithm is less interesting to me than just the fact that it is. Right. And and your algorithm can thank me for that. Um, (laughs) So now, so out of nowhere, we get these, this back and forth stream of videos of women talking about uh, of bucket bunnies talking about how they can't wait to get their hands on these line on these linesmen and you know give them a nice warm home and a good home cooked meal you know while they're out there working these 14 15 hour days then then it, they're being stitched by these you know women at home in Wisconsin who are like hey I'm a linesman wife and no bucket bunny is going to get her hands on my man don't forget you know you're a home wrecker he's got a He's got a, a good wife at home and kids. And the reason he's down there is to provide for his family, you know, not to, to get his DW'd, you know, in uh, in Florida. And uh, and it just got it literally suddenly. I mean, the, what, what I love about um, the social media algorithms is that, you know, once something gets a little bit of attention, it just immediately gets oh, it amplified. Just, yeah, it just rolls. It, it's literally. And, and it's it's very short lived. You know, if you if if you're off of social media for like three or four days, you're gonna you could you can miss an entire wave of attention. So there's a war going on uh, between these 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 two groups of women fighting each other over something that they don't even know whether is absolutely happening or not, which is the part that I love the most because these women that are fighting they don't even know if their husband's cheating on them or not. They know right. their husband's down there working long hours to put up electrical wire, and they're just like, "You get your hands off my man!" And a lot of them. <laughs> A lot of them are talking like that. Some of them are missing teeth. Um, <laughs> a lot of them look like they've had several uh, kids and the uh, never never managed to lose the baby weight the second or third time around. Uh, just saying. Um, and then you got these Florida housewives who are, um, you know, uh, who uh, have had a lot of plastic surgery. <laughs> so it sounds like quite the cast of characters. What I'm saying, Ron, is that when I'm on the bowl at work. And I'm sifting through Instagram and I see a, a, a linesman's wife sitting there doing some kind of like talking to the, her phone and getting angry and screaming at it. I'm turning up the volume a little bit, you know, <laughs> making sure nobody else is in one of the other stalls. I'm going to watch that video from fun. All right. Well, Brian, uh, you are one of the few people uh, in the country, it seems, that still physically has to go to work uh, to then have a toilet to go watch your TikTok in. Because uh, wow. remote work remote work is all the rage, Brian. But now, apparently, uh, there is an MIT assistant professor saying that remote work could cost Americans their jobs within the next decade. Thoughts on this? I thought it was a very interesting article, and what the what what his um, the theory that he put forth was is that um, right now you have a lot of Americans who are working remotely that are arguing. Listen, I don't need to physically come to work. You know, there really is no such thing as you know company culture that is somehow benefiting me. Um, I'm able to get all my work done remotely. I don't need to be in work. You know, we, you know, all meetings don't need to be in person. We can use um, uh, Zoom, Microsoft Teams, uh, you know, to have these collaborative conversations. And what this um, MIT uh, professor? Uh, Assistant professor. Assistant professor. What he what he put forth is this argument is that based on economic conditions, 
if this maintains this style of you know uh, remote work or um or, or a hybrid system it you know and you are living in a um capitalistic society it is only a matter of time before um companies realize that if they are paying for um a american to work remotely then um for pennies on the dollar they can hire somebody in a overseas country to do the same job with the same skill set um that suddenly if you're not going into the office and you're not physically involved in the workplace then what is stopping or or what are you offering that is different than something that somebody in Malaysia who who has the same skill set like take yourself for instance Ryan mentioned at the top of the show you go to work maybe two or three times a week right well i can guarantee you that there's somebody in Thailand right now who knows how to fake a pro forma who who, who completely grasps the idea of sitting there saying oh wait a second if i put these numbers in this order it looks like we're going to lose money in years 5 7 8 and 12 however if I take this negative number and I turn it into a positive, we're going to be profitable after year four all the way through year 25 when we have our exit strategy. Brian, now, uh, they may not be using English words to come up with that. They may be speaking Thai. Jack talk Thai real good, Ron. But what, what this guy is saying is that at some point, at some point, they're going to realize that they do not need to be paying an American um, $14.50 to be putting together a pro forma like your bosses are doing right now. They realize that they can have somebody um, in uh, uh, Myanmar do it for literally 35 cents an hour. But hasn't that been the case for a while now? I mean, there's always been opportunities to outsource to to other countries for a lot of this work. I mean, I don't know that it's I don't know that working remotely has necessarily opened companies' eyes to this possibility. It will eventually. Next, right. Ron, next next time you don't get your Walmart order, pick up the phone and give them a call. Um, uh, w- what country are you talking to at that point? Um, next time your Wells Fargo card um, gets used um, uh, fraudulently at a Wawa um, while someone's getting a hoogie and some water, um, uh, you know, and you have to sit there and call Wells Fargo to complain about it. Um, what are the odds that you're speaking to somebody in America at that point? Now, frankly, it's it, I don't have a problem with it. You know, was- if, if 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 your skill set can be can be outsourced overseas, then you need to pivot. I mean, Ivanka Trump taught that to all of us in uh, the summer of 2020. What was interesting from this article was uh, it talked about a, a fast food chain in Toronto called Freshy um, that apparently is also has already started to outsource cashier jobs uh, to workers in other countries. Uh, a customer apparently said that they were paying for their meal at a Toronto location instead of going to a live cashier at a checkout counter. Uh, they had to go to this tablet sized screen, uh, which then had a woman on the screen who was working as a virtual cashier. Um, in Nicaragua. So it's interesting that that's a position you would think would be you'd want to have someone physically, but I guess maybe that's a way to, uh, if you don't have enough employees or you're having hiring issues, uh, that's another way to to work around um, having someone physically there to ring somebody out. All joking aside, Ron, um, that could work in Canada. No offense. <laughs> yeah, that could work in Canada. I, I can guarantee you that in, 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 in New York, 
in 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 Philadelphia, in North Philly, if you go into a, a bodega, and instead of there being a live person to charge you for your um, Philly blunt wraps um, and your uh, 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 what do they eat over there? Your hoogies, <laughs> your hoogies, um, your you get a tablet. Ice. You're staring at an iPad and someone talking from a different country telling you that you um, you owe four dollars and ninety three cents. Um, if that's North Philly, if that's Brooklyn, if that's um, the Bronx, you're going to rip that tablet out the wall <laughs> and you're going to you're going to stroll out with your free um, with your free sandwich and uh, blunt wraps. I mean, there's no way in this country in the in 90 percent of this of this country. There's no way that you walk into a store that's being manned by an iPad and you're going to properly pay wave to wave to somebody who's sitting in Nicaragua uh, to, to ensure that you made proper payment. A bigger question is, when will I eventually break down and outsource your 49 uh, percent to another country? Because clearly we're doing this remotely. So, you know, I could connect with someone like it is. You I would it's, never outsource me. I believe it's you daytime in Myanmar. Like right now, I believe that with the with the time difference, it's actually uh, Monday morning in Myanmar. As you, for whatever reason, pick that country out of a hat to talk about, you know, Ron. I can't wait for this Super Bowl. We are at week five. <laughs> we are at week five of the NFL season. And people, if you're watching, if you're listening right now, I want you to understand something. First Sunday in February, Super Bowl 62. We are 18 weeks away from the Super Bowl as of tonight. Are we literally 18 weeks? 18 weeks, my friend. Um. The Ron and Preeti podcast. That's bullshit, Billy. That's fucking bullshit. The Ron and Preeti podcast. God damn it. Bodega. Bodega. Anyway, but um, I just think um, the fact that, you know, you feel so confident, so confident to rub this 51% in my face. What's to say that the, that the, 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 the first Tuesday of February, I'm not going to sit there and say, hey, hold on a second. I'm going to reach out to North Korea, and it's going to be the Kim Jong-un and Brian podcast. I mean, I, I'd listen to that, personally. I wouldn't even be mad listen. about it. I, I would actually forget sometimes that I'm doing the show, and I would just uh, uh, t turn my head, and I would listen to the YouTube feed. <laughs> Brian, uh, on to our next story. We're, we're dog lovers here, right, Brian? God damn, do I love dogs. So this uh, this innocent-looking Bichon Freeze, uh, apparently, according to uh, the Daily Mirror, which never uh, prints uh, inaccurate stories. The Daily Mirror is is it's it's basically as accurate as the Bible. I mean, it's one of the things that I that makes me feel very confident. So uh, this this Bichon Freeze is owned by uh, Thomas Barnes in the Raleigh, North Carolina area, and apparently accidentally ordered uh, $70 worth of porn uh, from its owner's direct TV uh, from the Hustler channel back in 2019. Um, the Barnes said that uh, Marino, the dog, uh, hopped up onto his bed and in inadvertently hit the wrong button uh, with one of its paws. Okay. <laughs> Are you ready to, uh, to to just unwrap this story? I am I'm totally was, ready. 
Ron, this is one of the stories that you put on the Google Doc earlier this week. And I immediately just, my brain just went into a, <laughs> like so many different directions. First off, we know that this man ordered the porn right off the bat. There's right. no way his dog ordered porn. Um, next, um, what are the odds that his wife found, found the charge on the bill? I don't, I don't believe he's, uh, he's married. I think he is, uh, this may shock you, he might be a single man ordering $70 worth of porn from the Hustler channel. So what you're, oh, you're saying that he's debating it because as a single man with um, a Bichon Friche, free, free, Friche. Yeah, um, and living on disability. There's no way that he would order porn from the Hustler channel he would order it from like the honcho channel. Well, I'm just saying he, you know, I'm not that saying, there's anything wrong with gay porn. Uh, I was more more saying that he didn't have to hide the charge from a wife because there is no wife there. Okay. Yeah. But then if he's on disability, he had to use the dog to get the $70 back. You know, <laughs> well, interestingly what, enough, he had called direct TV and to dispute the charge and direct TV said that they would, this is actually going back to 2019 direct uh, TV apparently said that the charge would be reversed. He gets a bill. Um, he, he doesn't pay it. He just, he disputes the 70 bucks and his service ends up getting shut off in return because he doesn't pay this $70 charge. And he eventually uh, takes it to the FCC, uh, who after a number of years, finally managed to get uh, Barnes credited the $70 and get his direct TV uh, service turned back on. Wow. Um, so apparently okay. TV yeah, did not buy the dog story. Nobody bought the dog story. I'm not <laughs> buying it either. Um, what kind of porn, what porn do you think that dog, that dog ordered? Um, I mean, obviously, do you think it was doggy style 14? I mean, I feel that's too easy. You think I just went for a low hanging fruit on that one? Well, no, I think, yeah, I think, yeah, I think the dog, uh, personally, I think the dog likes stepmom porn. I don't know why I feel that, but I just feel also, um, 2019, why would you pay $70? Why would you pay, I mean, again, why would you pay $5 for porn when the internet exists? But right. why would you pay $70 for porn? Like, what could be on the Hustler channel that is so good? Like, I, Raleigh, North Carolina, you can probably uh, have gone online and, and paid 50 bucks to have someone come over, come over and have actual sex with you. Sure. So why $70 prefer, for the Hustler channel? Some people, first off, some people prefer um, uh, pornography over uh, prostitution. Okay. You know, there's some people have intimacy problems. Listen, I, and I get it. We don't kink shame around here, but it's just, we do it's, not it seems implausible to me. Well, there's no, I mean, think about it. So, so he's, excuse me. His dog is clicking on <laughs> purchasing porn. First off, it's yeah, yeah, it, it's never one button. I mean, they do right. have fail safes in the system. Oh, without a so doubt. That you have to click the channel, then you have to click the next button to buy. It's never just one. And then you have button. to confirm, like, are you sure that you want to purchase yeah. this seventy dollars worth of pornography? But it's never. But I mean, it's also um, you have to also, you know, that's multiple purchases. There's no one. I mean, I, I, maybe he bought a subscription to the Hustler channel. Maybe he maybe the dog accidentally purchased a one year uh, subscription to the Hustler channel because at seventy dollars. It was cheaper than going month by month. Hold up. I'm looking for a hub. OK, the month, a hus a Hustler monthly live stream. Is 
Hold on, I'm gonna order this to the ladies' um, <laughs> internet. No, it doesn't even tell you how much it is. How much does it cost? Become a member of the Internet Hustler Challenge. Nope, that's YouTube. Um, I, don't, I, I gave up. I'm not looking at this anymore. <laughs> um, anyway, so my point being, Ron, is just um, there's no way that that was just a dog hitting one button on a remote. Yeah. Absolutely <laughs> no way. And as Janelle points out, uh, dogs don't even have thumbs. Which, I mean, I guess the dog technically could step on it. I don't know if a thumb's required, but I get it. I get what she's trying to say. Next story, Brian. What else do we have here today? Oh, Brian, quick question. And I guess maybe this is a little different. I'm going to ask you, what are you watching or what are you attending? Okay, see, I, I did not watch a lot of TV this week. I basically only watched... Um, I only watched... Uh, uh, what did I watch? I watched The Patient this week, and I'm okay. still... I, there's two shows I'm watching. I'm watching The Patient. I'm watching... Um, uh, what's it? Uh, House of Dragons. Right. And I also started Dahmer. I'm halfway okay. through the second episode of Dahmer. And what do you think of Dahmer so far? I'm liking it. I, I, I somehow thought in the beginning it was going to be a documentary. Okay. I thought it was going to be a documentary, but instead it's a, uh, it's a, uh, a drama. Correct. Um, or they call these docu-series. Yes. Um, so uh, I watched the first episode of that. But more importantly, Ron, is that this week I went out and supported live entertainment. Nice. You know, one of the things that, uh, that Papa Fauci said to me very recently, and it was when he, in a, in a you know, not a phone call directly to me, but a press conference, the pandemic is over. It's, you know, we're safe to go outside. Right. We're safe to, to interact in, in mass gatherings and whatnot. So this week on Wednesday, is it Wednesday or was it Thursday? Mm -mm -mm. Wednesday, I went to go see the Pixies. Oh. Um, famed alt rockers. Yes. From the early 1990s. In fact, actually, they, they got popular in the late 80s. Um, uh, they played Terminal 5 here in Manhattan. Not my favorite Pixies concert. This is the first time I actually felt that they were not as well rehearsed as mm. they had been in previous times I saw them. Um, there were times where it kind of felt like the uh, um, the, the guitars were being played a little off uh, tempo. I uh, felt there were a couple of drum beats that were off. Um, not as tight as they used to be, um, but always great. Um, you know, they go up there, they knock out 30 songs. Um just nonstop. What I like about the Pixies, zero crowd interaction. <laughs> really? Absolutely. You know, and there's something about, you know, that little masochistic side in me, which is just like, absolutely. Don't acknowledge me. Let's just let's just do your thing. I'm, right. here, I'm just here for the ride. Um, so, uh, you know, they got up there. They did their set. Had a great time. Um, next one um, was um, Thursday. I went to go see L7. Oh. Um, all female grunge rockers. Um, they were playing Irving Plaza. First time I've been to Irving Plaza since they had renovated it. Uh, famed New York venue. Um, loved like the venue. Enjoyed right. L7. This was the first time I had, I had ever seen them. Then yesterday, uh, took the lady over to Radio City. Famed New York venue. Yes. Um, you know, it's been in, uh, you know, in existence since 1906. Um, has seen everything from FDR to Adolf Hitler to Joe Lewis. Um, all, um, you know, uh, uh, holding events there. Uh, and now Chris Rock. 
saw Chris Rock doing his set, his new hour. Um, but I got to tell you, he did almost two hours. Started off opener. Um, nice. Uh, Rick Ingraham from Los Angeles did basically a set of crowd work. Solid. Um, then Chris Rock gets up there. This was one of those uh, comedy shows where they collect your phones in the yonder case. If you're going to ask, hey, Brian, did you try to sneak your phone through without putting it in a case? Yes, I did. Next question, did it work? No, it didn't. <laughs> um, I decided that I was going to bring my work phone, also in addition to my personal phone, and was going to put the work phone in the yonder case while keeping my personal phone in my jacket pocket. But Jesus Christ, was security tight here? Um, they, put, they took the uh, work phone in the yonder case, locked it up, then... Uh, the next step was security, where they literally had me take off my jacket, empty my pockets. And as the guy was feeling up my jacket, was just like, hey, dude, what's this? And I was like, oh, I forgot I had my other phone there. Yeah. I got <laughs> um, Chris Rock, uh, uh, you know, he got up there. I would say he did about two hours. Okay. Um, it reached a point where it was just like, holy shit, is he going to be doing material forever? Um, and at the same time, it felt like his second hour was better than the first hmm. as if he was getting more warmed up. So right. the topic is he covered, you know, I was, I was, you know, I know you had asked me to record some of the shows so that you could um, hear some of the bits. Yeah. I couldn't, it was all, um, all my, you know, my phones were taken. Right. Um, right, right. He talked about what it is like um, dating um, now, since the last time I saw him, he had gotten a divorce. True. Um, he had said he had been in a long-term relationship, and now he's just out there um, uh, trying to date now. Uh, difficulties that he's facing. Um, his daughters are no longer um, uh, uh, youngins anymore. So he was talking about what it's like having a you know a daughter who's you know college now, um, whatnot. Um, did a really good bit about. Uh, uh, the, you know, society's, um, uh, you know, zeal for, for, for being a victim, um, how everybody wants to be a victim now. Um, you know, obviously he touched upon the, um, uh, the altercation he had with Will Smith of at uh, this year's Oscars, um, which I thought was great. He had a line, and I don't believe he trademarked this yet. Um, he had a line, he was just basically like, you know, people keep asking, did it hurt? Did it hurt? He was just like, you know, yeah, it hurt. He was like, that man trained to be a Muhammad Ali for a movie. He's like, <laughs> I played Pookie in New, in New Jack City. He's like, yeah, it hurt. Yeah, it hurt to get hit by that guy. Um, but he also was just like, I'm not a victim. He's like, you know, I wasn't, uh, you know, I, I did not seize that. You know, I didn't seize that moment and sit there and, and turn it about like, oh, poor is me. Um, he said, I woke up the next morning and went to work. He's like, that's what I do. Um, and then he had a really good bit about Meghan Markle, you know, as part of that whole victimness. He's like, you know, she married into the royal family. It was like, these are like, you know, you know, this is a, a family that created colonialism. Right. You know, they, they, their, their whole goal was to sit there and say, how can we go out there and seek out foreign lands and enslave these people? And he was like, these people are like the, the, the original racists. He's like, you know, and she thought she was going to come into this family and just be embraced with open arms. He goes, and at the same point, he's like, what is she complaining about? He's like, she is married to a prince. You know, he <laughs> left the family, but like, he's still Prince Harry. You know, um, you know, uh, she was a no-name actress in Hollywood. Right. Like, why, like, why is she positioning herself as a victim? Uh, really entertaining. Solid, solid, solid. But Good. enough about me, Ron. Yes. What are you watching? 
Um, so I caught I caught a few movies uh, this week. I watched the new Hellraiser remake on Hulu. Uh, very boring, not good. Don't recommend it. Um, saw a new movie with Mila Kunis on Netflix called Luckiest Girl Alive. Um, it's a story about a woman living in New York City um, who has her past where uh, she was involved in a, uh, a school shooting, uh, come back due to a, a documentary that's being filmed. And you see how she's kind of like how she changed her life since the school shooting and how, you know, how it, it kind of uh, threatens to ruin her life. Uh, actually, really good. I, really? I, I did not think I was going to enjoy it as much as I did. Uh, a good story and uh, a good message as well. I mean, I shouldn't say a good message, but a meaningful, thoughtful message in the movie. Um, and then I also saw Nope, uh, which was Jordan Peele's uh, latest movie that came out back in oh, July. I how watched is that? that. It is good. It is. It is. It is not at all what you were going to expect. Um, but it is. It is. It is well done. It is interesting. Um, Can you walk me through what it is? I mean, so it is. I mean, it is basically. It's basically an alien invasion movie with a twist. I guess is is the best way to put it. Um, now, you know, is it, the twist that the aliens don't like water? <laughs> that is not the twist. Is this is a much more? I think uh, we all remember M Night Shyamalan's yes. signs. Was it signs? Signs. Which yes. Literally, one of the best first halves of a, of a modern um, uh, alien movie. Right. You know, really was just scary to a certain extent. Until he realized that the way the humans were going to defeat the aliens was that the aliens were afraid of water. Yeah, I would say so. I would say nope is it, it, the first half. It's it's a it's a slow build, and you get little teases as to what exactly is going on. And then the second half of the movie, like once it really kicks into gear and. Like when you when you understand what really is going on, it kind of messes with your head a little bit. But it's 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 I, I don't want I don't want to ruin the twist because it it's it's an interesting take on the genre. Like it's Do you it's, recommend I watch it. I, I would I would recommend you watch it. I don't know if I had gone if I had paid money to see it in the theaters. I don't know if I would have liked it as much. Uh, but uh, sitting at home watching it, um, I enjoyed it. I'm going to add it right now to things to watch. All right. Add it. Please do. Um, what else do we have on the list, Brian? Uh, oh, Kevin Spacey finally going to court. You loved it. Uh, for his uh, his uh, sexual assault trial. Um, now, which, which trial is this? Because I know um, there was one of his accusers that died or committed suicide. Am I remembering that correctly? Um. Yes, there was somebody that did commit suicide. But this is separate. This So this is the original case, I believe, which was brought forth by Anthony Rapp, uh, who accused Kevin Spacey of assaulting him uh, when he was 14 and Spacey was 26. Jesus. So this is, this is going back a ways. This is going back about... <laughs> 35 plus years now. Uh, Rapp said that he and Spacey uh, first met in 1986 when they were both performing on Broadway. And then uh, one night, uh, Spacey invited him to a party at his apartment, at the end of which, Spacey picked him up, placed him on his bed, and climbed on top of him. 
Now, that's the same way you and I met, correct? Uh, it is, yes. But uh, there was a lot more consent uh, in our situation. Now, what was interesting is back well, in... Well, I mean, when you say... I mean, when you're describing what Kevin Spacey did, there was no consent there. Uh, so no. the very fact... The very fact that eventually I just, you know, you know, stopped crying and just closed my eyes and just went to my happy place. I mean, that doesn't mean that there was a lot more consent there. So going back to the Kevin Spacey story, um, back in 2017, when Anthony Rapp made these initial uh, accusations, uh, Spacey didn't deny it, just said that he didn't remember it and apologized, quote, for what would have been deeply inappropriate drunken behavior. So you have to feel that's not going to play well in a court of law. Ron, do you know how many times I've had to apologize for um, for deeply inappropriate and um, drunk behavior? Um, I don't I, I've not known you to be a man who apologizes. I think I find you to be a man who learns and accepts and moves forward. Teachable moment. Teachable moment. Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is that is that all we're doing for the, the Spacey story? Listen, I just think, um, you know, it seems like, you know, I, I always take the the approach with um, uh, with these uh, stories of these sexual predators and whatnot, where I don't know that any one individual story is true. I can't say that this kid's not making up this story, but I am a man who believes in the law of averages. And, you know, once one person steps up and says, Kevin Spacey sexually assaulted me, and I'm going to be like, hmm, maybe, I don't know, I wasn't there. But when seven people step up and say, hey, man, this guy's made an entire career out of sexually assaulting those who are vulnerable and, um, you know, trying to make a uh, acting career and using his, hey, I'm a big Hollywood producer, actor, director, um, juggernaut. And if you, uh, you know, let me jerk you off on this bed, I will, uh, you know, I'll throw a roll your way. Um, eventually, I, I just start leaning towards the side of like, you know, this one individual story may be true, but at least some of these stories have to be true. I mean, I felt that way about Bill Cosby, um, Harvey Weinstein, Woody Allen, Ron Bailey. I mean, you know, just in a juggernaut of... Um, of uh, entertainers with more than 51% ownership in their, um, in their production companies, just abusing um, their power for, for, you know, to feed their sexual uh, uh, proclivities. Um, But don't you think the fact that Kevin Spacey didn't, didn't deny it and apologized um, tends to give some credence to the story? Listen, there was nobody else in that room. There was probably no video cameras or audio cassette, you know, re- uh, recording. He, he could have denied it. The fact that he said, I don't know that I did it implies to me that, yeah, he probably did do it. I, I, I can't say for sure. Um, you know, I'm glad that I'm not on that jury because, you know, um, you know, innocent uh, until proven guilty. How can they prove he's guilty on this one? All right. Uh, a man who will not uh, get a chance to be proven innocent or guilty uh, is a man by the name of Adam Howe. Uh, he was charged uh, last week uh, with allegedly uh, murdering his mother on the left there, uh, then setting her body on fire in front of her $900,000 Cape Cod home. Don't know why the New York Post put the value of the home in the story, but um, he was arrested. New York on- Post is all about real estate. 
paid value. He was he was arrested on Friday and then choked to death on wet toilet paper in his jail cell over the weekend. Uh, he was rushed to St. Luke's Hospital in New Bedford, where he was pronounced dead uh, on Sunday. So he burns his mother to death. Well, he apparently he murdered her. They, they said the fire was set post-mortem. So he kills okay. his mother, sets the body on fire, um, and then apparently uh, jammed wet toilet paper uh, down his throat to clog his airway in a suicide attempt, which obviously ended up proving to be successful. Listen, first off, he was probably upset that his mother made him have a, a child with him. <laughs> I mean, that's a lovely family photo right there. You know, father, mother, and the baby. Um, unfortunately, I don't know what happened to the baby during the childbirth, why the face is so distorted. Um, I would say that they have a malpractice case on their hands. Um, whoever delivered that baby, you know, obviously just destroyed all facial features. Um, you're going to let me just keep going with this or I mean, I, you know, I, I feel like you're just off the rails in general this evening. So I'm just, no, not at all. (laughs) Um, I will say this. I mean, if you were, okay. If you get arrested, right. you're in a jail cell, clearly, you know, like you're there, you're not under 24 hour surveillance. Um, the wet toilet paper, it's a genius idea to kill yourself. But he was so he was he was given a psychiatric evaluation. He was cleared to return to custody. He was put on security watch. He was clothed in a rip resistant nylon smock. For his own safety, and they were giving, they were doing visual checks on him every fifteen minutes. Yeah, but that's still fourteen minutes that oh, he has between exactly, exactly. Um, visits to figure out how to do it. Um, I mean, the real question is, where was Hillary? <laughs> well, that is usually the question uh, for any fatality, because we do know Hillary loves to kill people when they're in jail. <laughs> yes, she does. I don't know if that's the instance here, though. Uh, you sure. I, well, you never know. You never know. Uh, any other uh, any other stories we want to cover before we wrap up here? Hold on. We had a slew of stuff. Um, da, da, dee, there was not. Oh, um, I think I I think we saved the Ohio man with the stepdaughter for after. Why don't you talk about After Dark and then and then we'll we'll close it out. So After Dark, obviously, that is uh, is something that we reserve for our Patreon subscribers. Which, if you go to ronandbrianpodcast.com, click on the link in the upper right uh, to become a patron. Join at the bronze level or, or aluminum level or higher, and uh, you can join us live at nine thirty uh, for some of the uh, the saucier stories. Normally, something like the bucket bunnies uh we'd save for after dark but it was such a fascinating story we had to share it here on the podcast so we have uh, some of your sexier some of your more out there uh, a lot of only fans content we will cover on uh, on after dark but i will tell you uh everyone that has subscribed we've got an 88.34 percent retention rate on our patreon sure. subscriptions and we pride ourselves on that uh because of the extra value we give to everyone that tunes in every sunday at 9 30. well i think you know i think a lot of the reason why we have such a high retention rate is the fact that um you know people were reaching out to us when we first started doing the podcast of you know you're giving us a free hour of entertainment week in week out except when brian's wi-fi at the marriott in cannery wharf is not doing well um how can we say thank you how can we help you continue to put out this incredible product 
And one of the things Ron and I, you know, we, we, we don't want to charge for the podcast. One of the yeah. things we said when, when, when putting this together is that, you know, this is going to be available on the Internet. This thing is available for anybody um, uh, on this planet. You know, it is free for anybody, you know, regardless of what country they're living in. And um, it was something that we said we do not want to charge for. This is not something that we want to put, uh, you know, aside for the wealthy. We want the poorest person with Internet coverage to be able to access and be entertained by us. So we said, how do we help those people who want to help us? And we put together this idea. We're going to put, you know, uh, you know, extra content behind the paywall um, for, for just a few dollars a month. Um, you get access to some really great entertainment. Um, and it also, at the same time, helps offset the costs that, you know, Ron and I uh, uh, incur month in, month out, putting this show out. This podcast will always be free. That's right. Um, you know, uh, you know, sometimes we're going to have some some ad reads. We're going to have ads to put on. Um, most importantly, like Manscaped. You know, Ron, there's nothing worse than neglecting to Manscaped during the summer months. The increased heat and humidity will play havoc with your crotch area. And you don't want to turn off any potential lady suitors with an unkempt pubic area. And when manscaping, Ron, we have the right tools to help you with the kind folks over at Manscaped. Manscaped was kind enough to say, are you really going to let me keep reading? I really, I'm always amazed at the how far you will take some of this. So Ron, this is okay. one of those nights that I'm just going to let you go. But no, Manscaped uh, was kind enough to send us their perfect package 4.0, which includes their new and improved lawnmower 4.0. But this has got to stop. All right. Well, uh, we do uh, we do love our fans, our, our friends over at Manscaped. I did buy their new uh, body wash and uh, and a uh, little scrubber, so I can uh, I can give Manscaped uh, some props this week. Uh, so you're scrubbing with Manscaped products now? I am. Yes. Uh, I find sorry, I'm cleaner man. and happier than I've ever been before, Brian. Okay. All right. Well, let's uh, let's wrap this up. Let's go get ready for after dark. Anything additional you'd like to bring to the table before we close things out here tonight? No, I, uh, I you know, uh, we, we, we've done an hour of 10 and, um, you know, I look forward to this hour every week. This is something that it, uh, has absolutely changed my whole perspective on Sundays. You know, and I, I don't know if you feel the same. But Sundays I used to dread. I used to get the Sunday scaries. I used to spend my Sunday, you know, evenings, you know, just basically, um, you know, uh, not looking forward to uh, start the start of the workday. I would feel anxiety over work tasks that I needed to work on. Um, the fact that we do this show on Sunday nights and, you know, we do them, uh, uh, you know, consistently on Sundays, it, um, it absolutely has made <clears throat> my Sundays, my weekends just be that much nicer. There you go. I would agree with you on that. It makes it makes the end of the weekend a little bit less sad to know that we have the podcast here. Also, uh, Padre still up four nothing, top of the seventh. Runners Poor on Dom. second, runners Poor on second Dom. and third with no outs. Uh, Mets nine outs away from their season being over. Uh, Padres look like they're going to add some runs in the top of the seventh, but we'll talk about that as well on After Dark. Brian, sure. final thoughts. Love you, buddy. All right. Um, and uh, I genuinely love and appreciate everybody that is watching live and as those who are going to be streaming um, after the fact or listening to the audio version of this podcast.
All right. Yes. Thanks to everybody tuning in. Thanks to our Patreon subscribers. We will see you in about 18 minutes. Everyone else, uh, we will see you next week. Thanks again for joining us on the Ron and Brian podcast. Ah, wrong one. Thank you for joining us on the Ron and Brian podcast. We're live each week on YouTube. Facebook, and Twitch. You can find prior episodes, links to our social media, and everything else Ron and Brian at ronandbrianpodcast.com. See you again next week.